Welcome to the Back Row Ravens Show, where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. From player news, rumors, and even fantasy football expectations. And now, your hosts, Bob and Blake. Hey everyone and welcome to the Back Row Ravens show. I am your host Bob Miller and as always I have my co-host with me Blake Ramey. Blake, how are you doing man? Doing great. I'm going to enjoy this bye week and uh, I don't know, just watch, sit back and let it all unfold. <laughs> how was your weekend? How was, uh, how'd your fantasy teams do this weekend? Um, Man, I think, well actually in two of my leagues I'm, I'm mediocre as hell. I'm two and four. And then my this league for some reason I'm glad we did it. We weren't even going to do it this year. I'm six and zero, oh, so we're trying Man. to keep this rolling. Yeah, listen, I you know I was kind of talking smack a little bit last night on my uh, waiver wire podcast for over, over at DynastyProsFootball.com, and my co-host uh, Tommy Harvey. Uh, he and I were playing each other in a dynasty league, and um, there was a little bit of smack talk going on, you know, throughout the weekend. And he took a uh, I don't know, about a five- or six-point lead on me last night during that Cowboys game, and it looked all but over with uh, for me. And then as soon as we get done recording that pod, uh, you know, I go to start editing it, downloading, and do a little bit of editing. I look down, and my phone kind of get a little notification. I see that Kenyon Drake just broke off a big, big run right at the end of the game for a touchdown. And as soon before I could even <laughs> – look before I could even look at my uh you know dig into to to the fantasy league to see what my fantasy score was Tommy calls me right up just cussing up a storm he's madder than hell and 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 to boot you know Tommy you know like I told you earlier Tommy just had a craptastic weekend it was his it was it was his birthday yesterday and 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 he's a diehard Atlanta Braves fan and a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan and the Braves you know, choked in the playoffs, and then then the Cowboys just got humiliated last night. And then, you know, all he had, the only thing he had going for him was that precious, precious victory over me in fantasy until... <laughs> <laughs> then we took that away as well. So I uh he was he was so mad he was cussing and so I just I said happy birthday mother effer and I just hung up on him and that's what it was. So I've, like I said I've been sending him pictures of Kenyon Drake all day today on the on the, you know on his phone and stuff just to keep him keep him salty all day. So whatever. It's what he gets. But uh yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that was that was a sweet little victory, but you know, speaking of sweet victories, I don't, I don't know if I would call our, our, our win over the Eagles on Sunday a sweet victory. It's a victory, it's a win, but it wasn't the prettiest, uh, to say the least. What, what were your thoughts there with that game? So during the first half, I was actually at work, and then going home, it was seventeen nothing. So I'm thinking, okay, well, it's just going to be an easy finish to this game, and whatever the case may be. And then they start slowly just easing their way back into the game. And, and it's one thing about the Ravens, and I know we were talking about playing like a Raven. One thing about playing like a Raven, it's like you, you never take your foot off the, the gas pedal, and that's seemingly what we did. And they got right back into it. And I don't know, man. It's, it's obviously, like you said, it, it's a win, but it's an ugly win. And it, it just makes your concern a lot higher, especially like at this time of the year when we're going into the deadline. And people ask you if you want to make a move. 
But I, I don't know. I feel comfortable with this team and where we're at, but I don't know. I, well, I, our, our pass rush looks good against mediocre teams. Exactly. And But, you know, that's when we send the house, and we're just all out blitzing. But, you know, when it boils down to it, man, Kansas City has got the answer to that. And, you know, I think the Raiders uh, did it best when they, you know, only rushed three, maybe four. And they sat back in coverage, and that really jacked up Patrick Mahomes a little bit. So hopefully uh, Baltimore took notes there. And um, let's see if, if, if the Chiefs make adjustments. But I think if any team can do that and do that well, it would be us just because of our secondary. So very, very curious to see how that, uh, how that unfolds later in the season. But back to this Eagles game. I mean, they scored 22 points on us in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and, and had the chance to tie the game for crying out loud, which was which was nuts. And I don't know, I you know, you and I watched that game. You know, you watched the second half. But one thing that just drove us absolutely crazy was all of the penalties. Baltimore was shooting themselves in the foot so much, and I think they had 12 offensive penalties. Um, you, you can't do that. I don't know what in the world was going on there, but uh, – False starts and holdings and, and it, it, oh, gosh, it was ineligible man down. I mean, it was just killing us, killing us. And and, and Lamar said that, you know, in a, in a post-game press conference. He, he brought that up a lot, and he said, you know, we were hurting ourselves out there. So Yeah, and I think the best quote that I saw was um, J.K. Dobbins. He was talking about the, the penalties, obviously, and, and along the lines of, I mean, we can control, we can control, but, I mean, if we make the penalties, we're just going to have to fix it, but. I don't know, man. It, when you when you play these teams, like luckily we're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and we saw what those penalties did. I mean, say we're, we're going to play some competitive teams in two weeks. We got Pittsburgh, and we can't afford to do that. And really, this game, I haven't seen our line this undisciplined. It's it's really it was a shock, to be honest with you. But the, I don't know. They got to get it together. Yeah. Some, sometimes you know, I feel like the that the Ravens kind of play down to their competition or play up to their competition. And maybe they thought that they just needed to show up and they were just going to have a win. You know, they were going to go home with a win, you know, an easy, easy victory. And uh, not in the NFL. There's nothing easy. Yeah, you know? and I think one thing you learn from wins like these, the, the hard-fought ones, I mean, even back to like the Flacco seasons, it's just these these wins, these tough, tight wins, they, they mold you into a tougher team, especially come January. I mean, last year... We were beating the hell out of teams week by week. Oh goodness! And then, and then I don't know. When when you get to the playoffs, I guess you got got that ego, I guess in a sense. And it's, these games aren't close. And then when you get in these hard fought games, it kind of just molds you and gets you ready for January. Yeah, yeah, and and we did. We we just annihilated teams last year. And and when Baltimore got into that game with the Titans in the playoffs, and they they just didn't play that Baltimore Ravens football where they ran, ran, ran the ball. In fact, it was the, it was the complete opposite. The Titans played Baltimore Ravens football against us. Um, but you know, the, one of the big, big knocks and especially against Lamar, Lamar Jackson out there that, you know, we kind of hear as Ravens fans, people like to talk smack, but it's the fact that he can't play from behind. You know, if Baltimore is down in a game, Lamar can't bring you back. And, and, I hate to say it, but they're kind of right because we haven't seen that really. Um, and, and I'm wondering if that is the reason why Baltimore's throwing the ball so much. 
these last few games and not running so much. I mean, we had 20, 28 rushing plays and 27 passing plays against the Eagles, but I, watching the game, it didn't even feel that balanced. They were throwing the ball, and it was just killing these drives, three, three and outs all over the place. They couldn't complete passes. You know, Lamar was getting pressured, you know, quite a bit, and – I wonder if they're throwing the ball so much is kind of like a, almost like a practice, you know, when they're taking mm-hmm. on lesser opponents. You know, that I kind of mentioned that last week, and, and, and I'm wondering if that's what they're doing um, because when it, when it comes down to it and, and if we are playing from behind, we got to be able to know what to do in our, in our passing game. And even though these aren't pretty wins, we you know, you got to be a – a glass half full type of person and and you got to take away uh the positives out of this and that they are throwing so much so if they're in a situation where they have to throw uh and abandon the run maybe this will pay off later in the season that's my wishful thinking that's how i'm going to view it i don't know how many of uh of our ravens fans out there see it that way but damn it that's 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 what i'm sticking to no yeah no i definitely agree with you and and it, I do have a level of concern for this offense, and I, I, it's not like a high enough level of concern where I'm going to be concerned all season because I do firmly believe that this team will get it figured out. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, I do like the passing a little bit more because I, I, come January and especially in these bigger games like we saw in week three, we're going to have to pass the ball in these games. And it, it does kind of worry you a little bit, and how can you not be worried when – I don't know. We get the, we get the ball back in the last two minutes, and the offense is right off the field, a three and out, and they put the defense, the tired defense, mind you, right back on the field. I don't know. You you just want to kind of maybe see Lamar close that game out right there. I don't know. It 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 causes a level of concern, but I think the Ravens are doing a good job, and I guess addressing the issue. I saw this week Harbaugh did his uh his interviews this week, and he's talking about. Miles Boykin and Lamar's miscommunication that everyone knows about, and they're they're staying in the the facility for another week during their bye, and I think that's what you're gonna have to do. Like we mentioned before this podcast, it's an ugly win, to say the least, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get back in the back in the facility and get back at it, hundred percent. Yeah, you know Miles Boykin. It's you know I was I was talking. I've got a uh, you know one of my good good buddies MJ. He comes over every weekend, brings the kids. We get the kids together, let them play outside and run amok, and and he and I will watch the Ravens game. And so you know we look we're looking at each other and going, what the hell are they doing? And why are we not running the ball? And I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans are saying the same thing. But it's almost now uh, one of our new th- new things that we're starting to do is like, okay, where's the next like. Miles Boykin screw up. When when's that gonna happen? And um, you know, it seems like it's been doing. You know, that's been happening the last few games. And 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 this this one was the same. You know, he he didn't run the right route. Uh, um, you know, they came out. Coaching staff uh, addressed it and said, you know, that that was not a Lamar Lamar Jackson uh, mistake. He called the play. It was just that that Boykin just he didn't know. Um, he didn't know what route to run, so that's some of those things that needs to be cleaned up, and some of those things that needs needs to be addressed. Um, if not, we're gonna have to, we may have to, you know, go a different route um, at wide receiver sometime soon. Um, yeah, and I think it's one of those games also where you you want to want us to run the ball, but 
if you're really being honest, we weren't running the ball all too well. I mean, if you look at the the score, uh, uh, stat sheet, Lamar's running 108 yards, and you know Lamar's legs are never going to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah we, can, we, yeah, we can exclude the Lamar. I mean, he had nine carries for 108 but, yards, and we can kill that. But go, go ahead about the running backs, though. So look the at running backs, stats. you got J.K. Dobbins at nine carries for 28 yards, and then Gus Edwards at a, some 14 carries for 26 yards. And then Mark Ingram obviously got hurt, went down with that, ca- uh, I think it was a calf injury or ankle injury. It was like a high ankle. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was running the ball pretty well before he got hurt, averaging four yards a carry. Yeah. But – it, I don't know. You're we're gonna have to be we're gonna um, be forced to pass the ball in some of these games, and you you kind of like to see how the ball was being distributed early, but I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. Willie Sneed gets that early thirty-two yard catch. Yeah. Or the catch and run, should I say? <clears throat> but then he then he just disappears, and you don't see anything of him. Duvernay, man, and I we talked about it all summer long, or not all summer long, but when when he was drafted, yeah, all summer yeah. long when he was drafted. Yeah, and we we both said he was a playmaker, and that's all you see when he has that ball in his hand. He's a difference maker, and he he can make these big plays. And I love how they're slowly I, allowing. I him. didn't I didn't know he was as fast as he is. You know, oh, I knew he had a little he has bit. That, of, he got he a has little bit game of zip. Speed. He does. He is a gamer, is what he is. Oh, he's know. ready, and he's and he he's plays that. Um, I saw the, the perfect comparison for him. If you can think about the Niners' offense, how they use Debo Samuel, it's very similar, and mm-hmm. I love it. But like I, like I said, Boykin, man, he has to get his shit together. Yeah. Part of my language, but he does. No, he does. Because he does. we got this deadline coming up November 3rd, and you have a, you have these two young guys on your roster, a six-round pick, mind you, and a third. They're both extremely talented in their own regard. And they're both, like, Prochet, you don't really see much from him. But I've been trying to get like more into um, film and analytics, so I watched Prochet and I was watching some of his film from the Bengals game. Man, he talk about a, he's gonna uh, slowly like earn his role in this offense, whether it's this year or next year. I mean, he's open. Lamar misses him sometimes, but he's open. And obviously, Boykin's that big outside target, and they're not the same receiver. But I, mean, I just don't understand how he's having these. What is it? Uh, comprehension issues with the routes that he's running? Yeah, yeah, just kind of these mental breakdowns. Some of these plays he's giving up on, um, and and running the wrong route and everything, you know. But I think that if you know, and I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, if we go out and make a move at the deadline, get somebody else in. I mean, Boykin, I, Boykin's gonna be one of those guys that could end up being the next Brashad Perryman uh, to this team, but. You know, Devin Duvernay is is playing very, very well. They're they're trusting him more and more and more each week. I think his role is going to increase uh, each week as it, as as time goes on. In fact, you know, I was talking to uh, doing our waiver wire um, show that I referred to last night. We had uh, Levi Ellis on there, and Levi, I mean, he, he makes no bones about it. He thinks that he said last night on the show. He said Devin Duvernay is better than Hollywood Brown. He says he thinks he's better than Hollywood. And I thought, whoa, Ooh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I was like, whoa, I'm, he thinks that, you know, Duvernay's going to take over that, not, not Hollywood's role, but he's going to, he's basically essentially going to take over Miles Boykin's role. So listen. to be honest with you, yeah, I, I think I, I know what he's saying, but it's also one of those things where if Hollywood Brown's not in that offense, Duvernay, it, it, they both complement each other very well. Mm-hmm. And if Hollywood's not on that team, Duvernay's not doing what he's doing and vice versa. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I think they're both great players, and they're and I like Duvernay, and I, I think Greg Roman said it not, or the, like the best. 
And we all like to get on Greg Roman, especially in these past couple weeks, because the play calling has been very suspect, but that's that's a different matter. He said it he said it best. He said that Duvernay, he thinks he's gonna blossom to a, a good young player in this league and man, he's on track for it, hundred percent. Absolutely. absolutely. I completely uh completely agree with Duvernay's uh talent, you know, what he brings to the table. Like I said, he's just getting better and better. Um each week so well how's our run you know you were talking about the running game they didn't really look uh particularly sexy on sunday mm-hmm. but i, I want to say that the team looked a little you know every running play uh half of them got blown up almost in the backfield because you know they'd have patrick ricard in there or something it almost looked like they were uh, baltimore looked very very predictable like they didn't do anything special for this game they were just going through and the motions that's and, what that's what i wish and i think you said it best right there we we're too predictable, and I think that's one thing that's underrated in this offense. You got so much talent every which way. The receiving core, obviously, you're kind of I don't know. It, it gets kind of thin because Snead and Boykin aren't really like blowing you away. But like Dobbins, Edwards, Ingram, Duvernay, Brown, you can do so much with that. And I, I don't want them to necessarily like do Kansas City type plays, but I don't know. Just get more creative with it. Like the Jets to uh, Duvernay, I love those. It's just stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward now. I, I hate that Mark Ingram got hurt, and it looks like uh, from what Coach Harbaugh says that you know it's a high ankle, a, a minor ankle sprain. That it looks as if he should be good to go uh, in a couple of weeks against Pittsburgh, but maybe they take it easy with him a little bit. Don't want to risk anything because we do have Gus and we do have J.K. and 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 maybe those guys get an increased role going into Pitts, you know, going up against Pittsburgh. I'd kind of like to see that. I love, I love Mark Ingram. I, I don't want to see him out, but I, I am kind of intrigued. Uh, let's just say if Ingram was to miss time to see what this team would look like with, with, you know, the Gus Bus and J.K. as our two exclusive backs there. You know, I'd like to see what happens there. Oh, yeah, and I think there's no better game to put them in and really test and see what they're all about. Especially because, well, because Pittsburgh last year, if the Week 17 game, Gus ran all over him. He had over 100 yards in that game, and I think he can do it again, and he's going to need to. But yeah. I mean, like you said, Mark's going to be there, obviously, but it's just a matter of what role he'll play. <clears throat> so I'd imagine he'll be pretty limited, especially off an ankle injury, yeah. especially when you got two great running backs alongside him. But yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there. Um, I don't think anybody needs to worry about our tight end position. I know mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy football players out there were pretty disappointed in the numbers that Mark Andrews put up. But, uh, you know, he got some targets. But the way that game was going, like I said, I, they were they had a different type of game plan, and they were looking at different – they know what they have with Mark Andrews. There's You don't have to worry about him. They were just – I want to say they were just trying some different things and uh, – yeah, yeah, that kind of so n- nobody needs to worry about. Yeah, that Nick Andrews Boyle stocks up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think exactly. one of the biggest things is people are just trying to find things to criticize, and one of the many things I've heard was, well, Hayden Hurst is gone now, so I mean, tight ends were a big part of our offense. We're kind of missing Hayden Hurst a little bit. I I I, I agree to a degree. It it kind of I I think Hurst was a nice little um, mixture in that offense because he had those reliable hands, obviously, but. I don't know. I think this week was maybe trying to draw up some more plays for Boyle and see if he, he can go out in the field and maybe stretch the field out and catch. And honestly, now that he's more of a threat, obviously, and he can prove he can go out there and catch the ball, this will open up the field for Andrews more. 
because like we were talking about, like like we talked about last week, Jesse Bates said it's between eighty nine and fifteen. So if if they're just marking up Andrews, why not throw Boyle out there? Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it also has to do with with the team trusting Lamar more this year. Last year, we were extremely run heavy. They didn't want Lamar to throw it so much because they're still figuring out what they had in him. But, you know, what that did is that that running game, that amazing running game we had, really, really set up the pass. And they're not doing that as much this year. It it seems like that they're almost, you know, they're coming out trying to play Kansas City football or something, you know. They're passing the ball to set up the run or something. Just trying to get uh, too cute. They really, really are. And, you know, yeah, we're sitting here griping about them being too predictable or whatever, but if you're a, a hardcore running team and you can just smash it down somebody's throat, do it. But, you know. There, keep... I, 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 I agree, but it's, I don't know. But I, I, I try to hear all opinions, and one I heard was, what do we gain from running the ball down their throat? You know what I mean? Because when we're forced to pass this ball and we can't, then we're going to hear the, oh, can Lamar pass? Can he play from behind? So I, I do think the passing is a great idea. I mean, I, and at the end, we did rush more than we passed. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this year we're going to have to sling that ball. And he, Lamar can't be afraid to throw that ball either. He has to have more trust in his guys. And Yeah, he needed to throw the ball away. There was a there was he took too many sacks mm-hmm. and he was trying to do a little too much and he in that special and, and he lost a lot of yards. I mean sometimes it even took us out of field goal range. Yeah, and uh, it was before the half. I think yeah, I was getting pretty pissed off. Like man, come on, throw it away, man, throw it away. It takes throw you back to those Joe Flacco days. Ugh. How many times when Joe Flacco was our quarterback? How many times were you yelling, "Throw the damn ball, Joe! Throw yeah. the ball!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's something, and and there we go. You know, it's another thing for the team to work on. I promise you that coaching staff uh, is addressing that. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's, hey, listen, that's what we play this season. You know, we're gonna we're gonna come across some glitches. You know, let's kind of tighten that stuff up so we can, uh, you know, move forward and 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 make sure that you know we're running on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, when we when it really counts in the playoffs. So, but let. You know, let's talk about some some positive stuff here. I don't, you know, I don't want to have this just griping about, yeah. you know. But man, golly, I mean, I, I'm gonna t- Calais Campbell got me yeah, all day. Oh boy, that guy has just got me all kinds of excited. Yeah, like you said earlier, I don't want to like about going against that offensive line. Our pass rush will shine against these weak offensive lines. But to be honest with you, have a day. You you don't take a three sack performance for granted. What a great day for him. Batting just, down balls, exactly. Fun, He's everywhere. Causing fumbles, golly, man. I don't know. I I love it, and I think, think he was a great acquisition. I I had mentioned before. I think he was the like underrated acquisition of the off season. I'm so happy we have him, man. He's just a great guy, and we should have him next year as well. And he's the ageless wonder, man. Dude, he's, he's better now. He's th- what 35 <laughs> years old. He's better than he was when <laughs> he was 25. Wine. Golly, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought that at first. I was like, hold on, time out. We're locking him up for three more years, and this guy's like 50? What are we doing here? Come on now. We got to <laughs> – but, hey, hey, he looks great. Look, I, you know, I, And he did this all without Brandon Williams there. I mean, Brandon Williams obviously is more that run-stopping guy, and you saw what the running game was looking like for Philly without Big Baby there, which kind of hurt. But Yeah, but, but Brandon Williams isn't a pass-rush guy. He's Exactly. A, but, you know, Matabukwe is. 
and 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 I think that that Justin kind of helped out uh, the team because they had to play people like, uh, uh, you know, uh, God, what, what was the guy that got the uh, the penalty, the unsportsmanlike? Oh, Ward. Ward. Yeah, Johad Ward. Uh, you know, they had to play some other guys. So, and those guys are more pass rushers than than Brandon. Brandon Williams is just a big, you know, brick wall. You know, so um, <laughs> you don't really have to account for him so much. That actually changed things up for us, but yeah, Clay. But it don't matter when he's in there. Clayus Campbell's batting down and balls. And these guys eight feet tall. He's a monster. And he's not only like does he just destroy in the games. Like he he has an impact on nearly every game that we've played, whether it's the batted balls or just applying some of that pressure. But he's also like that mentor. You know what I mean? And he's just a great guy in general. And for these young guys like Matabukwe, who's a force, by the way. I think we we had mentioned him last week. Harbaugh is the best word to describe. He's a force. He's so physical, and yeah. I think he's a great player, and I think he'll be here for a, a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just think it's, I love having uh, Campbell and Brandon Williams as those mentors for him. I think it's perfect. I, I, I do it. agree. And, and and I don't know what else we can say about our defense. I mean, uh, it's, Patrick, Patrick you, Queen is, is right. a stud. <laughs> you get what you get. If you, if you want to know how we feel about Patrick Queen, go back uh, to last week's podcast. Yeah, gosh man. almighty. I mean, he's all over the place. He is just um, – my God, he's he's not going to be a star. He's going to be a superstar. I, I personally, I I think in two or three years, he's the best middle linebacker in the game. I think I don't even think it's uh, crazy now to start putting him not in the dis- well, not in the discussion, but like on the brink. You know what I mean? Right on the outside, like as one of those guys who can be. You know what I mean? I think you can put him there with the uh, the Devin Bushes and the Devin Whites and stuff like that. I don't think it's too crazy. I don't think it's too much of a stretch either. And even a guy over, well, Kenneth Murray plays outside now, but I you know, you know. got people like Bobby Wagner and, right. and 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 Darius Leonard and guys like that that are considered elite, and they are elite. Um, Deion Jones down in Atlanta, who's kind of taken a little bit of a step back, but there are some guys. I'm telling you, the, the physical ability. Uh, Patrick Queen is a physical freak. There's there's not a thing that he can't do. And mm-hmm. and I'm not seeing really any weaknesses in his game, with the exception of just experience. Um, yeah, you know, it's... obviously he's going to make a couple bonehead plays or miss a couple of coverages, whatever it may be. But let's keep in mind he's he's he just turned 21 and he's a rookie, so uh, he's a he's a friggin' child. We I mean. struck gold, man. That's the only way we can put it, really. Yeah, yeah, we we certainly did. Gosh, man, what a what a home run we have there, and um. Mar- Marlon Humphrey is just <laughs> Marlon Humphrey is. is he is incredible. He is amazing to watch play. I mean, him stripping those balls, punching them out. Uh, <laughs> gosh Almighty! I mean, because I was at work for that one too. I'm like, okay, well, Marlon's not going to get his his fourth fumble today. And then I, I see the uh, the peanut Tillman. I'm like, what? Wait, what are they talking about? I'm like, he did not force another fumble, and it's so crazy. He he wraps him up. And it seems like he's just going for your routine tackle, and he just punches that thing out. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a hoping the Eagles coaches told these receivers beforehand, you better protect that ball. But when he, when honestly, when he's running your way, slide, slide. Yeah. Man, yeah, he's he's fantastic. Gosh Almighty, and, and he, like I said last week, man, worth every damn penny, worth every penny. <clears throat> Just fantastic to watch. <laughs> yeah, side note for Marlon Humphrey tonight. Tonight he was on Instagram Live eating, uh, I think it was Hot Wings with Judon. <laughs> Just a little Marlon Humphrey update. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, we need more of those. <laughs> more of those. And listen, man, I, 
here's here's a nice surprise for me. <clears throat> Here we go. Deshaun Elliott. Yep. Deshaun um, Elliott is better. I think he's better now than I thought he could ever be. I knew he had some talent, completely injury prone. Um, but man, this guy is not only getting better and better each week. I think, I I think he's better for like as a free safety right now than Earl Thomas would have been. Yeah, I actually, and it's it's crazy to think that like you kind of feel crazy when you say it, but I think it could be you could be right in a sense because this week I, I just saw this um, the stat popped up on my Twitter a couple hours ago. So this week he was ranked fifth among safeties. And then he had a 86.4 overall grade, which is phenomenal, especially for him slowly easing into that role and just trying to prove himself week by week. I mean, he's getting better, and I, I think it's awesome that they, they trusted him, and really they had no choice. But, I mean, they could have, honestly, if the Ravens really wanted to, they didn't have to go with Elliott, but they did, and they stuck with their gut, and they knew what they had. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, he learns, he, you know, he plays with, you know, with Earl Thomas last year. He plays with... Eric Weddle the year before, you know, he's got Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Chuck Clark. You got all these guys you can learn from, man. I mean, and I think Deshaun, I think he would have, he would have been better had he not been hurt, but he's one of those guys that slowly on our roster slid under the radar because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can remember even when he was drafted, I, cause whenever, whenever we gets drafted, I like to go back and just watch highlights and just see what they're they're made of i guess but there's some guys that when you watch them they just have it and he's one of those that just have it like he's just a great football player like he's physical he and and it's a lot of these guys especially at the safety position will the physicality transfer over and it did he's so great downhill he makes those tackles and enough like those forced fumbles what he had two yeah yeah that's the thing that's surprising me he's doing so well but they 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 have him come up and play, and he's he's making he's hitting people. He's and forcing, he should have had his first interception. Yeah, yeah, he's forcing fumbles. He's sacking the quarterback. He's hitting the quarterback. Uh, you know that's not something you want to hear from your free safety, but in that offense, man, uh, it works. And um, man, I am I, I am so excited to see what he is you know going to be because he's fantastic. He's playing such. Such good football right now, and just like I said, getting better and better every week, man. Just awesome, an awesome thing to watch. But <clears throat> you know, there was some unfortunate news with uh, Anthony Averett. What was that? Yeah, so he fractured his shoulder. It sounds like mm-hmm. when he'll be out for I think six to eight weeks, which is unfortunate because, and I think it's so ironic. And I tweeted this out earlier in the week. He everyone before the season when um when he was gonna. Get into that uh, that third corner role when Tavon Young. Well, no, it was this season. I'm sorry, my head's spinning. When Tavon Young went down, a- Averett had the- he was the guy that was gonna have to be or next up, and everyone, majority Ravens fans were thinking, oh, this guy's a bomb, not Averett. He's played pretty darn well. Well, he's and, ridiculously fast. He's played right. great on special teams, and unfortunately, that's how he hurt himself. And you don't realize like how athletic he is. He can keep up with a lot of those guys out there, but. And I said it earlier again, when he's gone, you're like, Justin, we're going to notice a pretty big difference, especially going against these teams like Pittsburgh, who's going to sling that ball. 
And I really don't know who what we're gonna do. Whether we try to go get Brandon Carr or we're just gonna let our practice squad guys come up. Like I think it's Terrell Bonds. Whatever we want to do. I I haven't seen much of Terrell Bonds. I have to go back and watch more of him. But we haven't really seen many reps of him. So I mean, I guess I guess against Pittsburgh, he's gonna get thrown into the mix unless they decide to make a move. But I think if they would were gonna make that move, they would have by now. I guess because of all the COVID restrictions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got to kind of you got to be a little bit more proactive on that. And I guess Jimmy, I guess having that flexibility with Jimmy, I guess Jimmy, I think it sounds like he'll go back to that outside corner role. Well, luckily we got Jimmy, but the only thing about Jimmy is we we don't know how reliable he is, which is unfortunate. But we'll see how it works. I don't know work out. They'll get it. Yeah, and they can go make a move or something. And 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 I guess that's a good segue into uh, you know what we wanted to talk about uh, before the before the show's up is. We do have the, uh, the the trade deadline. You know, it's creeping up on us. And before we get into this, I yeah. want to ask you this, and I feel like you might have already answered this maybe last week, but so I don't think really everyone's in agreement on trading for a receiver. There's, there's, we kind of seem to be all over the place as a fan base. Mm-hmm. Some people want a pass rusher. Some people want the offensive line. Some people want a corner now that Averett's hurt. And then obviously, I know you're a big pass rushing guy. So what do you, what do you really want? Hmm. Well, I want to be realistic. I mean, I want a wide receiver and I want an edge rusher, but I don't know if we can make both of those things happen. I almost feel like it it needs to be one or the other. Um, but if I had to choose, I think, I, I, you know, the way our, you know, our defense is looking good, our offense is not. So I, I'm going to lean wide receiver right now. And if... You know, we talked about wide receivers quite a bit last week, but you know, there's there's these reports with like Gridiron and Barstool and 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 other uh, other websites out there that saying that the Atlanta Falcons could be considering, uh, you know, maybe moving on from Julio Jones and even Matt Ryan. I don't see Matt Ryan leaving the team mm-hmm. mid season, but I can see him uh, moving on this off season, especially if they have this craptastic record or something you know and they're in that trevor lawrence type of sweepstakes or or justin fields um but man after after watching julio on sunday man i i how 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 can you not want that i just don't know because I, I like a, we know I'm all active on Twitter. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people naysaying about this Julio. And to be honest, I don't think we're going to get him because, like you said, I try to stay realistic. But it's always possible. And I think a lot of one thing, people always look at the cap. Cap, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know all, everything about the salary cap. But the salary cap is so bogus. Like, <clears throat> if you don't think your team can get someone because of salary cap, there's so many loopholes that I'm learning about. That your team can make that trade probably, I, I and I don't know who we're gonna get because even from last week, like the Texans receivers, they apparently, according to Albert uh, Albert Breer, that they're all up on the trade block. So the one I'm looking at out of those, probably Will Fuller. I'm not a big Brandon Cooks guy, injury prone. But so is Will Fuller though. But I think out of all of them, Will Fuller would probably be the biggest impact on our offense. But if I'm being realistic. And it hurts a little bit just because there's so much talent like on this deadline, really more than any other deadline. Like I can't think of any other time that that Julio's been talked about in trade talks. But I think the most realistic option is probably Marvin Jones Jr. out in Detroit. I think that makes the most sense personally. 
Yeah, or you know, if the Texans wide receivers are up, um, you know, maybe Kenny Stills or, or you know, I I don't know, something like that. But um, That's my prediction for the receivers, and I, I don't want to cut you off, but no, I, I do want to tell you this because I know you are a big fan of this. So there's a guy that I follow on Twitter, and his name's um, – it's at Film Study Ravens. I, know, I, I forget his name, actually, but he's pretty informed, and he thinks that we're going to get J.J. Watt. He thinks that it just makes the most sense. J.J. Watt's apparently not too expensive, and I think the only thing that he thought that would hold the uh, Texans back from trading J.J. Watt was um, just him in Houston, like how he is. Like he's just an icon in Houston. Absolutely. But he, th- he thinks that we're going to get – J.J. Watt, and I'm, I'm for it. If I, if I woke up and saw J.J. Watt was a Raven, I'd be happy. Mm. 100%. Mm. I, mean, the, I mean, the receiving core, man, oh, Lord. If they don't address it, am I going to be nervous as hell? Yeah, but if we got J.J. Watt, I'd feel good. I'd feel very good. I'm, I'm not upset about that. Yeah, uh-uh, no, not upset at all. Not. Listen, why not go get J.J. Watt? And, and here's the thing, you know, is that... <sighs> oh, no. Yeah. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown is eligible to, uh, you know, to play football in two weeks. And you know, after his eight-game suspension, um, he can sign and practice with any team that he desires. Um, man, it's, we it's, we we've beaten this to death. Uh, Ravens. No, yeah, this, this is dead. This is it's, dead as hell right now. It's so dead. But I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't hate it at all because you know he would come out. Oh, my but gosh, he would want to ball a, out so bad. There's a lot of people, and I think this is the problem with A.B., a lot of people don't want to swallow their pride and say that they want him. You know what I mean? And I think that's one thing for him because if this is anybody else, like obviously they would he would have already been claimed, but just say this was a, a receiver with that's not Antonio Brown, that doesn't have any legal issues, everyone's saying, oh, God, yeah, I want him. I want him on my team. And this is what I'm most interested to see. Personally, it's just my opinion. I don't see the Ravens getting him, and I don't feel really anybody feels that. But I want to see what teams pick up the phone for him. Because there's a lot of teams that take chances on these guys, whether it's like a Kareem Hunt. A lot of people thought Kareem Hunt was never going to play football again. And obviously the situation is kind of different. But it's A B, man. Like, that's what it is. Like it's just football, and he's eligible to play. So why would you not? Like why would you not try? You know what I mean? Like wh- what do you lose from trying? And I think one thing people always say is that they're afraid he's going to come in and stir up the locker and yeah, make some cut big him. problem. There's cut no him. penalty. There's no penalty. Cut him. Get rid of his ass. If he comes in, starts stirring shit up. See ya. Hit the bricks, Gone. man. Go 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 go. Post on Snapchat all day like you do right now. It's you know? just like it's too high reward like i it, it but the thing is i think it's low risk like, i don't it's think no it's no risk i said it last it's, night in the, my other podcast it's no risk but high reward that's just what it is like he's not locked into anything and he's gone like tomorrow like that's just what it is absolutely i don't, so, I don't yeah, see yeah. why you want it i you know julio might be a little tricky you might have to get listen you know give up a a second round pick and a future pick or something for Julio. Or, I just if if Julio or nothing and bring in you know bring in if AB. I, if I'm being honest with you, like Julio, I, I think I know it's Julio Jones, but I think he would come at a cheaper price than a lot expect. He's an aging receiver. He's got that injury history and his his contract's through the roof, right? Rightfully so, but I don't know. I don't think he'd be 
a big call. Like I don't, I don't think you. I wouldn't give up a first round for Julio. If I'm being honest with you, no, I wouldn't. No, <clears throat> I I wouldn't either. But you know, listen. One thing is for sure is that Eric DaCosta is aggressive. Um, we've talked about it time and time again, and in previous shows, we seem to talk about it every week about everything he's been involved with that that damn near happened. We almost had DeAndre Hopkins. Oh. Gosh. And you know. that's one thing. How can you look at this DeAndre Hopkins move, right? We literally tried to get DeAndre Hopkins, and we all know the contract that he was going to be looking for. And he was looking for an extension. So, I mean, that was pre-trade. Like, everyone knew he was trying to get an extension, and we still went for him. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? That we were tr- going to extend him, probably, most likely. Yeah, so yeah. We, I mean, like we have that money. Like, it, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we we were in on Yannick Ngakwe. We were in on Jadavian Clowney. I mean, DaCosta has has tried to make <clears throat> a lot of moves. He has tried to get. He's just in, been involved in damn near everything. Just, I can't imagine what he's trying. What he's trying to conjure up as we speak right now. Um, Something is going to happen, but not. I don't think that something is going to happen. I think something needs to happen um, because, man, just like Lamar said it best, our kryptonite, man, is Kansas City. Do you and feel? Do you feel there's an added pressure because of them? Absolutely. Make, signing Bell. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I don't think there. the Le'Veon Bell thing really, really scares much. I don't think the addition of Le'Veon Bell does yeah, much I think for him. People are hyping that up mm-hmm. a little too much. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't scare me. I mean, Lev Bell, you know, he's a damn good running back, but he doesn't frighten me at all. It's just it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, <laughs> we we threw everything but the kitchen sink at him, and he picked us apart and just uh, annihilated us. So um, that that is what I, I, I give a crap. I, I don't give a care in the world about Clyde edwards Elaire, I don't care about Le'Veon Bell. In fact, put Le'Veon in there. He's less of a threat to score a touchdown than Edwards-Elair is. <laughs> exactly. So, right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, that doesn't frighten me. It's Tyreek. It's, Sam, you know, this reemergence of Sammy Watkins. It's, it's you know, McCole Hardman. It's just the pass rush. Um, you know, we're bringing the house, and, and Mahomes is – is ready for it and just picks us apart. We we got to do something about that. But yes, to answer your question, DaCosta has to feel extra pressure because of Kansas City. That's who we have to overcome. I mean, we can't just look past the Tennessee Titans because they're looking better and better and better each week. They're looking and even damn Pittsburgh, good. like even Pittsburgh, like. <clears throat> and I think that's one thing that I'm, I'm I'm most concerned about is I was talking about it earlier with someone. It's, it's a lot of these teams have really found their identity and they know what they have. Like Pittsburgh and Tennessee, like those are the two that I can really think of. Like Tennessee last year, they were, that was all kind of just thrown together. Like Tannehill wasn't that going to be the planned starter, but now with the full offseason with Tannehill and then obviously Derrick Henry, that, that beast they got in their backfield. And then over in Pittsburgh, Ben's back and they're 5-0. and So the league is more competitive this year. There's, there's more competition all around, I, I feel personally. So we got to get better. Like, you you never want to stop getting better. And I can't imagine. So we we went for D Hop, right? Yeah. And then you hear Julio Jones these rumors, and they said NFL insiders, and I I don't know if that's true. It could be false, but they said NFL insiders. So I'm assuming Eric DeCosta has heard word of this. And how can his eyebrows not raise a little bit? You know what I mean? It's Julio mm-hmm. Jones. It's Julio Jones. I guarantee you. If who if if there's a possibility that Julio is available, 
I'd bet almost anything right now that DaCosta has called about him already. You have to pick up the phone. Like, that, that, that's the minimum. You have to pick up the phone when it's Julio Jones. Like, come on. Come on. I, it just sounds idiotic to say that they're not going to pick up the phone and inquire, especially if you're Eric DaCosta, who just tried to get DeAndre Hopkins and Gakwe and Clowney this past offseason. Come yeah. on. If something is rumbling out there, if there's a rumor, I feel like he's involved. That's how I am in my fantasy football leagues. If somebody's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking of trading this guy, I'm in. I don't even know if I need him, but I'm in. And 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 you got sometimes you got to play the you got to play keep away sometimes. Sometimes you may not need a player so much, but if you can acquire them and keep them from going to one of your contenders, that's a exactly. win-win. And I, I think this is an underrated feature, too, that someone pointed out earlier. I wasn't even thinking of this. But we just traded with Atlanta this past offseason for Hayden Hurst in a pick. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, there's that trade chemistry that we've already traded with them once. Yep. And obviously they're going through what they're going through. They just fired Dan Quinn and their GM. So they have an acting GM in there. Why would you not call and try to take advantage of this? This like It seems like going to be a fire sale over in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think – and here's another thing, man, is I wouldn't put it past Kansas City to make a move as well. No. Um, I don't think they're in on anything like Julio, but what if they ended up with J.J. Watt? What, you know, this, what, what if Kansas they got City, Yannick Ngakwe? And I think Ngakwe, this is know? a sneaky little move, and I don't think they're going to do it. But why would you not? So I, was, I saw John Ross had asked for a trade today, right? Why would you not if you're Kansas City? Like – Maybe throw in a sixth or a seventh, and he's yours. Like he's not, he's not, no value. Like what are they going to ask for from John Ross? Realistically, yeah, if they don't need him, they already got him. His name's McCole Hardman. But know? why would you not get another one? You know what I mean? Like he's, you're not going to resign him, and it it's not going to take much. And I mean, I guess he's just another weapon and toy to work with. With I, four, I two think speed. I would. I think I would be looking at <clears throat> Kansas City needs to look at like pass rush. They need deep. They need defense. The last thing in the world they need is is offense. They're fine there, um, but you know maybe they could use a maybe they're a place for someone like David and Joku or something. You know he he yeah. still wants out of Cleveland, but you know who who who's the backup tight end? You know if Kelsey goes down, who's who's up? I so. didn't see David and Joku actually. It's funny you mentioned that. He so the, the, the rumor that he came or that he wanted to trade. He, he tweeted out and said he wants no trade, which doesn't make sense to me, but it's whatever. I, I think he should get out of there and far away from Cleveland as he can, but I, it just doesn't make sense to me because they don't target their tight ends and they just signed Hooper. They got no belief in you, dude. Get out of there. Why would yeah. you not want to? Yeah, man. I mean, last year, you know, I posted, I, I remember doing some, you know, some, some predictions, bold predictions and everything uh, over at the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show. Um, you know, before the season started. And, 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 you know, Austin Hooper was a guy I was out on. Like, I don't want anything to do with him. I mean, Cleveland, I think, all last year threw 69 passes. You know, tight ends, all their tight ends combined had only 69 targets um, the entire season last year. So I'm like, you know, Hooper's a good tight end, but fantasy relevance and putting up stats, uh, it's just not going to be there. I mean, they barely threw the ball to David Njoku last year, and, and, and he was hurt off and on. So that, you know, it's kind of hard to really judge judge that. But, of course, they signed Austin Hooper. They don't uh, they don't have any any belief in him whatsoever. They have no confidence there. Like, I would want out, and I, I promise you he wants out of there. I mean, there's a, he is one of those guys that needs a change of scenery. And uh, Yeah, 100%, yeah. There's I mean, not a team he's, out there in the world. He's a specimen, dude. Njoku's a – Come on, he's a beast, and I think if he lands on a good team, he'll be good. 
But Kansas City, if Kansas City got their hands on a Joku, man, <clears throat> oh my, and they're going to get better. Like, that's just what good teams do, and that's what good GMs do. They go out and just try to keep getting better. Like, Baltimore and Kansas City got probably the two most, the two top talented rosters in the league, but you always got to get better, and you can always get better. Yeah. And Julio Jones, like, like I, again, it's Julio Jones. You got to call. You have to call. 100%. Yeah, that's, think- that's, that's something that can kind of put you over the top, but... You know, I would love, uh, and I would absolutely uh, probably do a backflip if we got someone like Julio. I mean, I've watched Baltimore be super, super aggressive for years and years and years. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to seeing what happens, you know, on November 3rd or even before then, you know, to make some of these moves. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to be excited about moving forward, but... Definitely after this past week, there's a lot of stuff to work on and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff we need to tighten up, you know, moving forward as well. If we want to uh, be a legit Super Bowl contender and get past, you know, that Tennessee Titan, you know, Kansas City obstacle that we uh, we have issues with. So I mean, even dating back to uh, two years ago, we went and got Ty Montgomery, which I didn't expect. It just happens. Like, even a little move is that. I mean, by the way, he stunk. But it's just going in just the idea of going to make that move and trying to get better. So I don't know. I, I think it's kind of boneheaded to say that he won't make a move, meaning EDC. I just, I don't know. Like he's as aggressive as he is, just at least picking up the phone. And even if we don't make a trade happen, I guarantee in a couple months or so down the road, you're going to hear that he was probably in, in there for something. I mean, even last year at the deadline, he tried to hit Jamal Adams. Like, come on. This guy, mm-hmm. man. I, I love the aggressiveness. I love it. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's dipping his hand in a lot of stuff right now. And, and 95% of this stuff you'll never hear about, which is kind of, uh, you know, I love hearing that stuff. That stuff's just so juicy to me. And, oh, but it is. I will be legitimately shocked if we don't make a move by the deadline. I will be, I will be too. And I think these next two weeks are probably <clears throat> going to be the biggest weeks of the season. And listen, this week here, we've got the bye week. We've got the off week. And so if there's any time to really, uh, you know, the perfect timing to kind of look, you know, go through the NFL with a fine-tooth comb and see who is available and – and see who can help uh, improve our football team. This this is the time for him to do it. We don't have a game coming up. Um, so, you know, I'm really, really excited to see if, if he does make any moves within the next, uh, you know, seven days or so before the uh, Pittsburgh game. So. And it's just – it all just kind of makes perfect sense because I, th- I think our current cap right now is $4 million. I think that's our available cap because I saw that this past week or, um, Earl Thomas filed that grievance, so that took away four, and then I saw – Tony like said, Jefferson. This, yeah. Like yeah. This, dude, the cap is a shit. I'm, I'm not a big uh, um, numbers guy, but, man, the cap will have your head spinning. It, it's crazy. But I, I just think it's kind of, I don't know. When you have a receiver going back to Boykin who's having trouble remembering his routes, and then you see Will Fuller's on the, the trade block, Julio might be on the trade block. Like, how can you, I don't know. I, I just... I'll be shocked. Like I said, it's as simple as that. I'll be shocked if we don't make a move. Yeah, if you ever, uh, if you ever, if your head is spinning about uh, Ravens' salary cap, then I suggest, and you have to be following Brian McFarland Bra- yeah, oh, on Twitter. Yeah, he's a great oh, yeah. guy. Good oh yeah, guy. 
over at RussellStreetReport.com. I mean, that guy breaks it down. Man, he uh, knows his stuff. <laughs> he knows dude, his stuff. that that dude knows so much stuff. It's it's ridiculous. He knows every little thing you could possibly know. Um, it's fantastic. If you ever want to know, if if any of you out there are uh, you know ever curious of this, and you're not following Brian McFarland on Twitter, you're doing yourself an injustice. Just go uh, his uh, I think his his handle is at Raven Salary Cap. Yes, so, it is. <laughs> so simple as that. <laughs> simple as that. At Raven Salary Cap on Twitter. So, uh, like I said, he is a, 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 a he does some stuff over there at RussellStreetReport.com. So, you know, give him a follow if you're ever curious. And and another thing that's pretty cool about him is he gets back to you. If you have any questions, you tweet him. Uh, he's pretty good about getting back to folks. You know, he's got over nine thousand or so followers, but uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Oh, he's and a he's, good guy, man, and he knows. Like I said, he knows his stuff. He, he like he, he. I was reading his report earlier because I'm. I'm just trying to learn more about this stuff because I mean that's the best thing you can do. He just broke down the cap of his Earl Thomas grievance. I'm just trying to figure it all out, especially during the deadline now. But I don't know. This cap is so crazy because I just learned that. Marcus Peters' salary, we can can, uh, can convert his salary over to a bonus, and that would just free up room in our cap. Like it makes no sense. I don't know how this stuff works, but the salary cap is a myth. It that's what it is. Yeah, you it's can a- do all kinds of stuff. You just you basically take uh, salary, turn it into a, a signing bonus, and that just frees up more and more room for you. So yeah, I promise you that uh, Marcus Peters is probably one of the next ones to get restructured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like Brandon and Williams Tavon was. Young. Yep. And Dave Williams there too. Absolutely. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, if you have any questions at all, hit us up on Twitter at Back Row Ravens. Um, we'll be back next week. Look for us. Um, we may not have a whole lot to talk about, but maybe we have a little oh. bit to talk about. There could be some, you know, it could be a trade or something go down. Um, but we'll be back uh, next week kind of cover some of that stuff as well and maybe talk about some of the other rumblings going around the NFL as well. So Just imagine next week when Julio is a Baltimore Raven. Let's you know. Let's let's not get let's not get too excited now. I I don't want to do that to my you know. I've got to go to bed at some point tonight. I don't want to uh, I don't want to be like laying around just thinking with little hearts in my eyes and everything. Just oh, uh, just you know, getting all excited. I'm gonna go to bed so. praying tonight. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But uh, like I said, everyone, thanks for listening to the Back Row Raven Show. Uh, you know, we appreciate your support. You know, keep following us and uh, hit us up anytime on Twitter at all. So, so for myself, Bob Miller, for Blake Ramey, we like I said, we appreciate you listening to the show. Always. Everyone, yes, everyone, please stay safe out there and always remember, go Ravens. <laughs>